It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Vikings on the Locked on Podcast Network, episode number 364. My name's Sam Ekstrom, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. You can hear the show at LockedOnVikings.com. You can subscribe on iTunes and leave a rating and a review. And this show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Promo code LOCKEDON to get up to a 50% deposit bonus. Well, we're three days from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52. The festivities are really in full force, and it's negative one degrees this morning. I think I saw a tweet from some British people that are here covering the game for Sky Sports saying it's like negative 31 degrees Celsius wind chill. That sounds really cold for them and for everybody, really. We had a nice day yesterday, a nice 30 degrees, and then some snow last night, and today... Everyone is getting the full Minnesota experience. Careful if you go outside. Careful if you go down to Nicolette Mall and check out the music. I think they're still doing the Super Bowl experience over at the convention center. I've been very tempted by the zip line. I'd like to go fly over the Mississippi. But then I saw a Snapchat that my wife was watching last night of somebody literally getting stuck on the zip line. Like the momentum of her run on the zip line wasn't strong enough and then she just floated back to the middle of the zip line hovering over the Mississippi and then they had to send a rescuer out and freak me out so I'm not sure that that's going to be in the cards for yours truly on today's show I want to go through the five to this point five offensive coordinator candidates the Vikings are considering give a little bio give a little background give an opinion or two on how I think the Vikings should treat the interviewing process. But first, a little bit of breaking news. This morning, Terrence Newman went on KFAN Radio, the Vikings flagship, talked to Paul Allen, the voice of the Vikings, and declared that he would like to return for his age 40 season. Terrence Newman not retiring, as some presumed. Would he come back for a fourth year in Minnesota? I think he showed last year that his skills are not entirely diminished. Now, his snap counts were. His role was reduced by about 17%, to be exact, in terms of percentage of snaps played. And a lot of that has to do with the rise of Mackenzie Alexander. And it's tough to grade Newman. I think we would all agree that there were some plays where, yeah, he showed his age, got burned on a double move in the NFC Championship game. And pro football focus, which we rely on for a lot of this stuff, seems to contradict itself. In their traditional grading system, which relies upon play-by-play analysis and grading, they rank Newman 69th in coverage of all cornerbacks. Now, in their signature stats, which are based more on results, like, like receptions allowed, touchdowns allowed, and so forth, he's 23rd as a coverage cornerback. So I guess the conclusion you could draw there is maybe the process wasn't as clean for Newman, but the results were still there. Maybe he wasn't in great position all the time, but it didn't burn him. That's the best thing I can draw from those numbers. Point being, 
Terrence Newman wants to come back. He's still a great teacher. He's still a great mentor. And much to Mackenzie Alexander's chagrin, I'm sure, he might come back once again. And it would probably cost the Vikings over $3 million. I think Mike Zimmer respects Terrence Newman enough as an instructor, as an influencer, to bring him back and play in a rotational role. I think Newman would would be okay with that. He said today also that money is not the issue, that he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to play in his first Super Bowl. And I would not be shocked if he came back to Minnesota. I really would not be. So that's the news of this morning. How about the news of the last week? The Vikings have interviewed four offensive coordinator candidates and are reportedly going to interview a couple more next week, one of them being John DeFilippo of Philadelphia after their Super Bowl game. And Rick Spielman said there might be another or two on top of that. But here's the five that we know. You've got DeFilippo, Sean Ryan, the Texans quarterbacks coach, Daryl Bevel, former Seahawks O coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, Vikings quarterbacks coach, and Dan Campbell, Saints tight ends coach. So let's start with the guy we know, Kevin Stefanski. We've talked a lot about him on the show. We don't need to get too much into it again, but just for comparison's sake, as we go into all these candidates, Stefanski is the youngest, 35 years of age, didn't play professionally, started with the Eagles, then followed Childress to the Vikings, has coached quarterbacks, tight ends, and running backs. He's been with the organization for a dozen years, one of the longest tenured members of the organization. He's familiar with the personnel, extremely familiar with the quarterbacks the Vikings possess, a terrific communicator, well-respected. That's why he survived so many coaching changes. Sage and I were talking about Stefanski about a month ago, two months ago for this job. Maybe you went back to his credentials and said, well, he's never called plays at that high of a level. Is he ready for it? But then I think you have to consider the other candidates they are interviewing and say, well, the Vikings clearly don't see that as an issue. John Filippo has slightly more experience, but not much. He was an offensive coordinator at San Jose State, and he was an offensive coordinator for one year with the Cleveland Browns. Slightly more experience, but he is very similar to Kevin Stefanski. Both of them went to high school in Pennsylvania. Both of them played small college football. For Filippo, it was James Madison. For Stefanski, it was Penn. But Filippo is 39 years old. Stefanski's 35. And Filippo has coached quarterbacks basically full-time for the last 17 years. At the college level, Fordham, Notre Dame, Columbia, San Jose State. At the pro level, Giants, Raiders, Jets, Raiders again. Then the one year with the Browns, he got axed, as I'm sure they had one of their many house cleanings of their coaching staff. And then he goes to the Eagles and becomes transformative in the career of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz surrounded by quarterbacks on that staff, Doug Peterson, Frank Reich, and John Filippo, turned him into one of the top young quarterbacks in the league. And when you're able to do that kind of work with the quarterback, that's going to turn some heads. And the quarterback's coach really spends probably as much time, if not more, with the quarterbacks than the offensive coordinator, because the offensive coordinator has so much else on his mind. And it seems clear the Vikings are waiting to talk to Filippo before making a decision. I don't think that necessarily means he's preferred, but, but I think you have to look at it this way. You've got a chance to pick the brain of a chief NFC contender. At minimum, you want to talk to him just for that reason. Find out what he's done 
with Wentz and then Foles. Try to find out how he beat you in the NFC Championship game. There was an article written in the Star Tribune yesterday, by the way, about how the Eagles reverse psychology the Vikings and how they oftentimes would make calls to the line of scrimmage and bait the Vikings into thinking a certain way and then do the opposite. Lane Johnson, the, the tackle, talked about that. Ben Gessling wrote the story. Interesting methodology there for Peterson, Reich, and that offense. Well-devised, well-schemed. Got to give them credit for outsmarting Mike Zimmer, the mastermind. So that's Filippo, young guy, basically a lifetime position coach. I would still give the nod to Stefanski just because he knows the system and you can probably keep some continuity. But you obviously don't want to overlook a potentially better candidate. So that's Filippo. Let me take a moment to tell you something important. The big game is here, and it's time to cash in big and bet the game at mybookie.ag. If you haven't checked them out, it's the perfect weekend to get into the action. Do you have a hunch on who's going to win the coin toss? The color of the Gatorade. Log on now. Check out the prop bets. Get in on the action. Don't just watch the game. Make it more interesting. Are you a Vikings fan? Are you disinterested in this game because your team's not in it? Put some money at mybookie.ag. That'll get you interested very quickly. Join the thousands of online players and start betting at MyBookie right away. They're an industry leader with online sportsbooks, super fast payouts, and when you win, they pay. No hassle. So don't waste your time betting anywhere else. They have in-game live betting. So even after kickoff, you can get in the action and try to get one of those juicy live lines. If you join right now, you get free cash. MyBookie's giving away up to $1,000 to every new player. Sign up today. Score an instant. 50% 50% deposit bonus. So if you put in 100, you get 150. Promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N to activate the offer. Play, win, and get paid. Hi, this is David Locke, the CEO of the Locked On Podcast Network. In this crazy, unprecedented, and unnerving time, I know we're all living our lives a little differently. I thought we had some of our sponsors over the time that might be able to help you out. So we've reached out to them to get you specific offers. Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days. Start your free deliveries, download the Postmates app, and use the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Anxiety, stress, need something to calm yourself down? The Calm app is available for you. 40% off to our listeners at calm.com slash LOCKEDONNBA. Stuck at home, want fitness? Echelon Fit has been a sponsor of ours. And you can go to echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-B-A. And if you're looking to add some new knowledge and get a little smarter in your free time, Masterclass, or at least your time at home, masterclass.com slash P-E-R is offering 15% off. If you missed any of those, go to lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. That's lockdownpodcast.com slash offers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Lockdown Podcast Network. We hope to be here for you to give you a relief and uh, respite from all the other news. And thanks very much. Be safe and practice your social distancing. How about Daryl Bevel? That's another guy that you know pretty well if you're a Vikings fan. Vikings offensive coordinator from 2006 to 2010. Seahawks offensive coordinator from 2011 to 2017. He's won a Super Bowl. He was the guy that helped recruit Russell Wilson. But the last two years, there's been a significant drop-off in the Seahawks offense. Now, they've had some miserable offensive lines. Their defense dropped off as well, and I think that's probably, in turn, made life tougher on the offense. Their run game especially became woeful, and some of that has to do with the departure of Marshawn Lynch. These are their rushing numbers in the Russell Wilson era. 
third in the league, fourth in the league, first in the league, third in the league. Then the last two years, 25th and 23rd without Marshawn Lynch. 25th and 23rd. They also had injuries at running back. They had injuries on the offensive line. I don't know if I pin that all on Bevel. In terms of points on the scoreboard, points per game, Russell Wilson's rookie year, ninth, then 8th, then 10th, then 4th. Top 10 offense for four straight years, and then the last two years, 18th and 11th. So you can see where Bevel would have to take the fall for that, and he's been given a very gifted quarterback in Russell Wilson, who every time I watch him, I walk away so impressed. A magician in the pocket and out of the pocket, great arm strength, by all accounts, a really good leader, nearly won two Super Bowls. So I'm not I'm not sour on Bevel, necessarily. Again, I keep coming back to continuity. Do you necessarily want to bring in the sort of a different system? I've been saying all along that I don't want the Vikings to be complacent offensively. I don't want them to do the exact same thing next year, but it's clearly easier to build off of what you've already done. Now, on the other hand, if you bring in a new quarterback, like if you go get Kirk Cousins, then it might make more sense to start over because you're having to teach them something new anyway. If you bring back Keenum, then maybe you go for the continuity aspect. And that's why so much of the quarterback decision, it works in conjunction with the coordinator decision and vice versa. Okay, how about Sean Ryan? He's also been interviewed. And this is what I meant when I said the Vikings clearly don't have a problem with young coordinators with very little play-calling experience, because Ryan also fits that mold. He's just a little bit older, age 45, but again, didn't play in the NFL, spent a bunch of time out east coaching with Albany, Colgate, Boston College, Columbia, Harvard, then made the jump to the pros, quality control with the Giants, wide receivers with the Giants, quarterbacks with the Giants, wide receivers with the Texans, and quarterbacks with the Texans. Who did the Texans have last year that was so good for the first quarter of the season? Deshaun Watson. That's compelling. And he's also coached running backs at the college level. So exactly like Stefanski. He's got three positions under his belt, tons of experience at quarterback, and success grooming a young passer. He won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants, obviously worked with Eli Manning. So he brings some credibility to the table. You've really got three similar candidates here with Stefanski, DiFilippo, and Ryan. And what I appreciate about it is that Zimmer is basically doing the opposite of what he did three years ago when he said, let's bring in Norv Turner. Let's bring in someone from a previous generation who has a nice name but may not have new ideas, maybe too stuck in his ways. That's what ended up happening with Norv Turner. All of these candidates are probably going to be adaptable. They're going to have new ideas. And I think Mike Zimmer's always been pretty good at adapting. He's not rigid in his ways. He's willing to change. And I like that in these candidates. How about Dan Campbell, the last of the five? His resume isn't quite as impressive. Unlike the others, he did play. A tight end for a decade with the Giants, Cowboys, Lions, and Saints. And he's coached tight ends with the Saints and Dolphins in his coaching career. With the Saints the last two years, again, a great chance to talk to a guy who knows a key NFC rival, an NFC rival that had a very dynamic offense with great running backs last year. That's definitely a team that you would want to get to know better. Campbell doesn't quite have the experience as a coach at various positions, but he played the game pretty recently. 
So that might be a guy that Mike Zimmer's intrigued enough by to give him a look. But if I were ranking the candidates, I would go Stefanski 1, DeFilippo 2. Why DeFilippo 2? Because I would want to weaken the operation of a key rival. That's probably not the way that Mike Zimmer's necessarily going to look at it, but I think it's a factor. Try to take somebody from the team that bested you, weaken them, make yourself stronger. Number three, Sean Ryan. Number four, Daryl Bevel. Number five, Dan Campbell. And that's today's episode on Lockdown Vikings. It's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. Promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% deposit bonus. Play, win, get paid. Sage Rosenfels back on the show tomorrow. Hey, sports fans. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves, the Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on the Locked On NBA Network. The Wolves might be in the middle of what's turned out to be a pretty miserable season, but there's still plenty to talk about. From the aftermath of the trade deadline to looking ahead at what moves Gerson Rosas and the front office might be planning for the summer, to the possibility that all-star snub Carl Anthony Towns could go off on any given night, it's still going to be a fun spring. Tune into Locked On Wolves daily, Monday through Friday. I'm Ben Beacon with Locked On Wolves, and we'll catch you next time.